Alright, what's up, what's up everybody? This is Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, along with my guy Adam Ronis. Welcome to Fantasy Foes. We are into the month of August, hot and heavy into draft season. And we are going to get into a lot of draft talk today as my co-host Adam Ronis recently competed in the Fantasy Football World Championship beat Adam Ronis League. Many people can't do that, but I... On the other hand, 50% versus Adam Ronis. You know what I'm saying? I'm First not worried all, about that. So we already, we already have an accuracy to start the podcast. And again, I will point this out. Who would gloat and be proud to be 50% against someone? First of all, it's not true. It's definitely less than 50%. But that goes to show you how Corey puts me on a pedestal that he is bragging about being 50% about me. I would never brag about 50% in anything. Come on. <laughs> hey, listen, take it, take away, take it where you can get it, you know what I'm saying? But um if we was to be if we were playing more, you know what I'm saying, uh we would see more discrepancies as well. You but should no. have hopped in the league last night. Where were you? No, I was I was working, you know what I'm oh, saying? Okay. <laughs> I was working. Working. <laughs> Working's kind of working. <laughs> oh man, big weekend coming up, big weekend coming up in the fantasy industry, we all not everybody, but, you know, the industry for the most part is going to meet up in Canton, Ohio at the Fantasy Football Expo this week at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Ronis, you headed out there, and how you feel about the upcoming weekend? Yeah, last-minute change for me because all this time I didn't know if I was going, but I am going out there. I went last year for the first time, and it was phenomenal. So now I have to see if I can find a flag football team last minute because I did play last year. It was a lot of fun, so... Maybe Des Bryant will have me on his team. Yeah, no, Des Bryant is supposed to be out there. I'm quite imagining uh, he's going to be hard to guard against the dudes <laughs> in the fantasy industry. You I know, know what I'm saying? Like, no, look, no doubt, like, if I was faced with the task, I would do it. I know he would shred me, but at least I'd make the highlight film. And how many people could say, yeah, I went up against Des Bryant? I don't care. Let him catch a touchdown. I mean, yeah, no that doubt. would be fun, man. Now, what I do worry about is our former co-host, Scott Angle. If he gets around Des Bryant, <laughs> <laughs> what's that smacking noise? <laughs> Extra knee pads for the weekend. <laughs> so no, definitely looking forward to some good times this upcoming weekend in Canton, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, definitely some good times. There you go. Shout out to Nando Defino. You know what I'm saying? Catch Nando and me coming up tomorrow on the marketplace, and I also know. We have our boys, uh, Spittin' Speeds and Matt Medica. They getting it in as well um, with Fantasy Freestyle. Now, let's continue to rock and roll and move on through this situation right here. I want to talk, Ronis, about your about your about your about your draft. I want to talk about your draft last night in the Fantasy Football World Championship. Ronis, did you were coming out the two hole? Did you have a plan going into this draft, or do you know better? No, I mean, look, you have a loose plan going in now. This is Play FFWC, their online championship. So you, I always say you have to know the format. So in this situation, it's one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, two flex, a tight end, a kicker, defense. So you start 11. I like that setup. It's PPR. So this was the first one I did for FFWC this year. 
Um, I'm in the middle of a slow draft for FFPC. Uh, I've done some best ball drafts. So uh, this is a little different. And I know having played in this format in the past, the receivers go really early. So you really want to be strong at the receiver position. And even in this format, compared to others, quarterbacks are going later as well. I mean, yes. you're, yeah. So I kind of knew that going in. Um, so I was pretty sure that I was going to go receiver heavy early. Uh, I didn't know it would be, you know, three straight or four straight. You know, I, I kind of play the value of what's presented to me, but I was going uh, pretty sure I was going to go receiver heavy pretty early. I just think there's a lot of question marks with the running backs. And I feel like even around five, six and seven, uh, there's some good running backs on the board that I'm okay with. Yeah, so you come out, you start the draft with Jamar Chase, obviously. No concerns um, as far as what's going on with Chase. And is this the right draft? Oh, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. No concerns what's going on with Chase and uh, Burrow. Um, Tyreek Hill, McCaffrey, Eckler, Travis Kelsey, CeeDee Lamb. Let's talk about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. This is the first time I've seen him in the first round. But I talked to some people today that says that he is starting to creep into the first round. Do you think he's a first-round wide receiver, the Detroit Lions, or Amon Ross St. Brown? Yeah, I've seen him go late in the first round. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of buzz on him. I mean, look, he was great last year. He's going to catch a ton of passes. The Detroit offense is really good. Uh, a lot of games indoors. We know Goff's home road splits. He's better at home. No Jamison Williams the first six games, so that's going to help give him even more targets. So, yeah, I like him. I have... I don't even know if I have him yet. It's not because I don't want to. It's just I haven't been in a position to to get him. Um, if I do, I might only have one share. It's not many for sure. I know that. Uh, it's just I haven't been in a spot to get him. Uh, but yeah, he is. He's going earlier and earlier, man. Like yeah, he's going you know eight in that eight to twelve range. So people are hyped on him. Yeah, no doubt. So that he has climbed up draft boards as we get closer to the start of the season. Now, what I did not expect to see was Cooper Cup. I mean, not Cooper Cup, excuse me. What I did not expect to see is Calvin Ridley go off the board in the first round. And I'm looking at the team that takes Ridley, and I'm like, okay, you take him on the turn at 12, you go Ridley-Wilson, you know, and you come back in the third round, I think Ridley could have been there. Now, I understand if you want your guy, you got to go get him. But, um, man, Ronis, Deshaun Watson's rust, Scared me last year. I understand Ridley is flashing in training camp, but um, this is a very aggressive play right here. Very, very aggressive play. I was stunned at that too, and he probably wouldn't have gotten him if he didn't take him on the one-two turn. Um, he's been going earlier, creeping into that second round in some leagues. Mm, okay, and, and especially in this format where the receivers get pushed up, but. Yeah, I do have some concerns as well. I think, you know, it's getting to the point where he might be too pricey. He's 28 years old, too. And I agree with you. There's, okay, he's flashing in camp, but there's a difference yeah, in not different. playing football mm -hmm. for a year and a half, man. You know, he only played five games in 2021. All of last year. And it not only was the suspension, remember, uh, well, I mean, I guess what they said was mental uh, remember he had that right. thing exactly and yeah. you know he wasn't good that year leading up to leading up to it you could tell his game was off you know what i'm saying yeah i mean he was averaging 9.1 yards per reception uh, his career marks 13 and a half yeah uh so yeah he wasn't that good so i understand the situation in jacksonville looks great you know trevor lawrence a good second half 
that playoff game was awful for half and then lights out against the Chargers. So I understand the optimism, but I, I don't know if the gap between him and Christian Kirk is going to be as wide as we're seeing based on draft boards. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Like I said, if it happens for him, I'm not going to say I'm off Ridley. I'm definitely not paying a first-round price. If I do get him, I don't want to be overexposed to him this year. I want to be able to protect myself. But he's a talented player. I like him a lot. But I want to see a little bit more on his comeback trail first. Yeah, I think so. Especially, again, one to uh, end of the first round. Or even if you say first pick in the second round. Wide receiver eight. Steve Price. Yeah, Yeah, wide receiver eight. Going ahead of Garrett Wilson. Going ahead of A.J. Brown. Going ahead of Waddle. Going ahead of Devontae Adams. Devontae Smith. So, uh, interesting. When you came back around. Now, when did you start to think, okay, this could be a draft where I'm more heavy on wide receivers than I think I'm going to be? Probably going in, just knowing this format. I kind of had an idea that I'd go receiver heavy. Again, when I came back, I really didn't – I'm not enamored with any of the running backs there. Not not, not Jameer Gibbs. Because before – Oh, no, I like like Gibbs, but I don't think I could take him, you know, 2-11 or 3-2. Okay. So – I guess. Wait, did I pass him up in round? No, he went in round three, didn't he? He went. He went. This sorry. He went. The yeah, pick, first pick uh, round three. Yeah, yeah he went turn. to. But I was talking about Taylor and Gibbs. They went after you. You know what I'm saying? They went back to back after you. You weren't interested in none of those backs when you took Alave. Uh, well, more or less, when you took Metcalf, were you thinking mm-hmm. about a running back there? Could you take Metcalf with your third pick to start in round three? Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson's there. I like Stevenson a lot. I had him last year, but I have concerns. He started to wear down. Are they going to give him that workload? I don't think the Patriots want to. Um, I know I they have so a reason. Yeah, yeah, they don't, man. Um, so that's what I'm worried about. Again, I love the talent. If you told me he's going to get the workload he got last year, then he'd probably be going in the second round. So I guess there are others that have similar concerns. Because uh, I do like Stevenson a lot, but I just... I don't think they're going to give him that full workload. I think they'll mix in a Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris. Um, and then, you know, what if they add a, a Fournette or a Dalvin Cook or a Zeke? Or, you know, I mean, it's still possible. So I, I didn't want to take Stevenson there. And then ETN, I was a big fan of last year. And he started no slow, finished <laughs> strong. But that's the problem. Yeah, he's yeah. not good in short yardage and he's not good in the passing game. But then they bring in Tank Bigsby, who can do those things. So I'm not going to take him there. Brees Hall, like the talent, but coming off a torn ACL, the Jets have been seeking another running back. I know they haven't really brought anyone in. They were heavily rumored with Dalvin Cook. It hasn't happened yet. I think Hall could be one of those guys that maybe pops in the second half, and maybe we'll look back and be like, yeah, I should have taken him. But I think there's a nut. You, I know he's a younger back coming off a torn ACL. So I usually still worry guys, about it. Yeah, right? I, I, I feel the same way, too. Um, especially in the second, third round, it just, I don't know if I want to take that risk. Definitely is some risk associated with these running backs uh, that went off the board here. Um, let me ask you about, this is this league is a 12-team league, but it's also tournament-style play. And in tournament-style play recently, the past couple years, stacking has been all the rain, uh, all the stuff when it comes to best ball, when it comes to trying to knock down overall championship and stuff like that. 
Where are you at on stacking, and do you look to stack or, or when going into a draft, or are you willing to let a stack fall to you? Yeah, I think more organic I want it to happen, um, but I understand if you're up top and you're doing Kelsey Mahomes, Hurts, Brown, you know, you it makes sense to do it there. I tend not to have teams like that, but in this situation – you know, I got Trevor Lawrence and uh, Christian Kirk. Yeah, so. see that. But, I mean, the, the Trevor Lawrence thing, like, I was kind of praying that he would fall to me. I was a little bit worried that he wouldn't because that's kind of my tear break. Um, you know, Fields went in round seven. Herbert went in round seven. Then in round eight, uh, no one went until me. So, I was worried. I saw there were a couple teams that needed a quarterback. Including the one uh, right next, no, no, the one next to me already took field, so I wasn't worried. So I think that was one team I was on. I'm like, all right, if they don't take a quarterback, I'm good. Even though we have seen stupidity in teams taking a quarterback in the first five rounds and then yeah, taking their twice. second one before mm-hmm. they steal their starting lineup, that didn't happen here. So it was an easy click for me, and I knew the team at one didn't have a quarterback. Now I don't know if they would have taken Lawrence, but I was not going to chance it. So I was happy to get Lawrence there. I just happened to already have Christian Kirk. So. Um, yeah, it kind of kind of worked out usually, because usually I think, and maybe it's changing this year, when you take a quarterback and a tight end in the first eight rounds, I usually don't like the outcome of the no, team. And but I it's different now, here. Ronan Show, right? Yeah, it's it is. Different now. It you really can, is. You can build a team, especially with the numbers that these top tight ends are putting up. You know, having that extra pass catcher in your roster and and trying to piece it together with some of those other position players late, you're seeing it done successfully more and more. Yeah, no, I agree. I look at some of the builds, and I'm like, okay, they took, you know, maybe a Lamar Jackson-Mark Andrews combo. I'm like, okay, wow, the roster is still pretty solid, where I think in years past, I didn't feel that way. So maybe it's just the way that the talent pool is distributed this year. But I think uh, that's something in years past I wouldn't even consider because I just didn't like the final outcome, and especially in a format like this, you have the extra flex. But I think it is absolutely feasible to do this year. Uh, The team that did it in this draft, this is this now this right here is, is is quite the story. He takes Kelsey at six overall. He comes back, takes Chubb in the second, and coming around in the third round, Patrick Mahomes is on the board. And I'm like, okay, he's gonna hit the Mahomes Kelsey stack. He takes Jalen Hurts. That was one of the wildest things to me. Like, why would you not take the Mahomes Kelsey stack? Hertz was great last year, but Wiley, if you're going to go with the quarterback, set up the stack, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially, again, in this format, if it's a standalone league, like your home league, then I can see doing it, right? Because, yeah. you know, it's it's a 12-team league. But if you're trying to take down the grand prize here, which is 50K, it helps. And then we've seen, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey have some of those big games where Kelsey can score four touchdowns. So you have that in the playoffs in this big field tournament, man, that's really going to give you a boost. Even though probably a lot of people are going to have that combo, yeah. I would think, this year. But still, um, you know, it, it's better than having Hurts instead. Even if you have – and see, and that's where that's where rankings come into play where I know I have you to gotta be them, careful with that. Yeah, but exactly. yeah man. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so the one thing I hate, I hate, like, these top 100 and top 300 lists. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world, and I know a lot of – these companies want it, whether it's SEO or whatever, but it's no good for the player because 
say I do a, a top 100 list and you're in a draft like this where the receivers go heavy and then you're following my top 100 like oh so all right I'm on the board and uh, wow the next six highest players on the list are running backs okay I guess I'll take two here and you already have a running back no man you got to play to the format you got to play to the draft board so those lists are terrible and even if you in that situation maybe you have hurts over Mahomes but you got to look at your roster and the construction in in that sense way more beneficial to take Mahomes with Kelsey. It's like this senior old man we used to work with always say, you can never predict the draft. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> you know what you I mean? You can predict cannot... what happens. <laughs> you you, I, I, I can predict what's going to happen tonight. You're going to be by yourself. <laughs> 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 Shout out to the King Scott Angle. If you hear this, I'm quite sure he'll get a chance to uh, crack some jokes with us this weekend. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, so that was interesting right there. You never considered Joe Burrow the Burrow Chase stack? Um, not really, no. I mean, would I take Burrow? Yes, in the right spot. But, but you wasn't going to jump. Happen. You wasn't going to go off of what you like to go get him. No, no. So you start four wide receivers. Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf. You throw Christian Kirk in one of those uh, flex spots, right? So now you you know you're you're pretty good into a robust wide receiver slash zero RB strategy, right? Now were you ever worried about running backs coming running backs on this team? No, I mean there might have been a point where some of the ones I like kept going. I was like, oh no, but I mean ideally I would have liked to get one in the first four rounds that I feel good about. And then I don't worry about the second one, especially since here I have a quarterback I'm pretty confident in and a tight end I feel confident in. Um, but I, I've been drafting like this for years. I just never really worry about that RB2 spot and usually take a bunch of running backs and hope one hits or find someone off waivers. I just think there's, there's so much volatility at the position that um, I really – and again, every draft is different. If I'm picking at the end of the first round – and two running backs fall, maybe I'll take two there. I haven't done it yet. I tend to go a running back and receiver in that situation. But I feel like the, the running backs have been pushed down a little bit this year, and there are several in those middle rounds that I think are pretty good. Yeah, and you absolutely – I give you props for this. That Adam Ronis luck kicked in. You hit a home run when Josh Jacobs last year's leading rusher falls to you in the fifth round. Now, you were smart enough to make the pick. You know what I'm saying? But – Ronis, you got to be like, come on. That one right there fell right in your lap, son. I mean, look, I understand the concerns with Jacobs right now. He, not only the contract situation. Now, I'm sure you think he's going to play. Most people do. Because yep. he can't lose checks, man. Exactly. Le'Veon Bell already told these dudes, don't don't act too stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's happening with John, John Somebody's giving Jonathan Taylor some bad advice. You know what I'm saying? And let me tell you something. Fooling with Jim Mercer, you found that... And you, you know, F around and find out, you will find out with Jim Irsay. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not a good situation. I'm worried about that one right now. Uh, don't know what's going to happen there. With Jacobs, I won't take him. In, this is the first time I've taken him. It just got to the point where it's like, okay, it's round five, and what if things work out? And what if he comes back? And I don't even expect him to be as good as last year. 
He's coming off a career year with insane volume, so it's difficult to. I think the expect. volume is going to be there, son. That's what that's what this offense is. They run the football, and this guy can tote it. He can, but I mean, three hundred forty carries last year and fifty three receptions, three hundred ninety three touches. Man, that's just a lot, and to expect him to be as efficient as he was last year. I mean, four point nine yards a carry, a career high. Like it's difficult to. Expect that again, but I don't even need that at this point, you know, just stay healthy be I mean 1100 rushing yards seven touchdowns 40 to 50 receptions. That's fine Yeah, you know no again if, if my receivers pop like I expect them to and I'm sure one of them won't uh, Or injuries can occur, but I don't even need him to be what he was last year So this was just a case of him kind of falling too far. It wasn't someone I was targeting um, I was just kind of seeing like oh wow he keeps falling. All right, you know what fifth round there, there's a price for everyone at a certain point. So, and again, you're playing here at a big field tournament. So if that pick works out, you know, you're in really good shape here. No doubt. Take advantage of that one. Let me ask you, um, if Jacobs wasn't there, would you would have considered Kim, Ken Walker, Cam Akers, or Miles Sanders, or Dobbins? I think I would have won Sanders there uh, because – Panthers clearly are high on him. Now, I know since his rookie year, he has not been efficient in the passing game. He has not been a good uh, receiving running back. I know the Panthers have said that they want to get him back to 50 receptions, but I think he'll be solid this year for the Panthers. So I would have taken him in that spot uh, over Kenneth Walker. I mean, Walker, Walker, they brought in Charbonnet, who they drafted in the second round. And when teams usually draft a running back that early, they have plans to use him. Walker wasn't great in short yarded situations. Uh, he wasn't used heavily in the passing game. So he's going to be relying on touchdowns. I know he's an explosive player. You can look at the highlight plays and see the big runs, but he also got tackled a lot behind the line of scrimmage. So uh, I have a little concern with him as well. So I would have went Miles Sanders if Jacobs was gone. Where you at on Dobbins? He is tricky, man. I he really is, like right? the talent. Yeah, he's so difficult right now because I was taking him in early best ball drafts. I really like him, but this whole situation where he's still not there, uh, I think this offense for Baltimore is going to be better under Todd Mocking. They're going to be more fast-paced, more explosive. And Dobbins has just been his whole career. He's been great on a yards per carry basis. Even last year when he came back, yes, we did see the long runs where he started limping, but he was still putting up solid yards. So... I'm open to taking him. Like, if he made it back, I'm, I knew he... If he made it back, I would have definitely taken him. Uh, he went first pick around six. I had the 11th pick in that round. I definitely would have taken him at that point. I would have taken a shot. But, yeah, I mean, there is a little concern with Dobbins right now. Uh, the one thing, though, the Ravens haven't done anything at running back, right? So would no, they, they must... No, that's what's interesting, yep. Yeah. Like, if they were that worried, wouldn't you think, like, oh, yeah, we better go bring someone in now. This sounds like, like a, this sounds like a not a holdout, but like a hold in. You know what I'm saying? To where it's like, okay, I'm just going to get healthy. Because he can't really be demanding money from these people when he can't stay on the field. Right, so, and it's not – he hasn't had a big season yet. Exactly. Um, let me ask you about a couple other running backs, and I want to get to some of your bench players before we get out of here. Um, you took um, James Conner. Curious if you were interested in Alexander Madison or James Cook. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, and Damian Pierce too. Like they all went right before me. I was like, oh man, and Cook one pick before me. I got snaked by Snake, man. Son of a, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, because uh, yeah, we kind of had a similar build. It just happened yeah, to be very like, much so. Yeah, I know, and uh, it's funny. You know, he's like, won he was, this before, right? The uh, this online championship. Well, he no, he's won a couple of big NFFCs back in the day. Okay, no wonder why he was talking trash because. He gets in the draft room. He's like, yeah, I think you're in over your head on this one, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, he's like, uh, I got to be honest. I got to give you credit. You did a good job. So, yeah, we kind of had similar. Yeah, he, he definitely got me several times. But that James well, he Cook called the show a couple times back in the day. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he was. he's quite a character. Put it like that. I can tell just mm-hmm. from the chat. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I wanted James Cook there, man. And then, yeah. I, look, do I love Connor? No, but he is going to get heavy volume. Uh, there's no one else there. I know they're a bad team, but uh, we saw it down the stretch last year. They fed him. Now, could he stay healthy the whole year? He's a little bit older, bad offense. I get it, but that's why he goes at the end of round six. I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I mean, Kamara went after. I'm not really interested. Montgomery, I think he'll be solid. I think he'll score touchdowns, but won't catch many passes. So... There was more of a drop-off there after that, so I kind of settled. Because, I mean, I could have gotten another receiver there and put my flex. And I thought about Mike Evans, and then I said, no, nah, let me just go with Connor. And then after that, I came back with Darren Waller, and I think Snake said that he wanted Waller, right? Yep. Yeah. But he was able to get Kittle, so it's like, you know what I mean? Um, that bill, like you mentioned, is uh, uh, was similar. Um a couple of interesting names on the bench. Tank Bigsby, he's a guy that I like, and I see that he's a guy that you like as well. And I think he's going to. That's going to be a name that's going to be rising up draft boards as we get closer to Labor Day. Probably, yeah. I mean, we've heard nothing but positive things uh, throughout camp. Again, I still, I still like Etienne. Yeah. But you know, they that regime didn't draft him, and they drafted Bigsby here. So, you know, it's interesting to see what they do. Are they going to use them in short yards near the goal line? Because, again, ETN was not good. I watched a lot of the ETN games, and I was like, man, this guy can't just get into the end zone, man, especially inside the five-yard line. And they just didn't use them a lot in the passing game. It was really crazy. But, yeah, I think they feel like he's not great catching the football. And we know Peterson has really talked positively about Big Speed. And, again, they drafted him. So, I, to start the year, he's probably not going to have a big role, um, and he is on the bench. But you know, this is this is the area where you start taking shots on those yep, guys. No know, doubt, so. especially when you got all those wide receivers early. What about Khalil Herbert? He's the guy I haven't, I don't have anywhere. Yeah, I think this is the first time I took him. Uh, you know, Deonta Foreman's there, Roshan Johnson, who they drafted as well. You know, Herbert was good when he was on the field last year, but staying healthy is the issue. So. He's on my bench, uh, obviously, to start. Uh, so I'm a little worried because they have three backs in this backfield. And, again, they did draft Roshan Johnson, who could be one of those guys that emerges as the season goes on. But I think Herbert will be the main back to start, mixing in Foreman probably. Uh, and I thought Foreman was, has been pretty good the last couple of years. Yeah, he, when he gets a chance, he, he plays well. Um before we get out of here, I want to ask you about this Tennessee Titans tight end, Akonwu. He is a favorite in the expert fantasy football community. 
Um, what tell us why people that's listening should maybe take a chance on him as a tight end in the later rounds? Well, I think he would have gotten a lot more buzz if they didn't bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Because at that point, he was probably going to be the second option in the passing game. And then you would have probably seen him go as top 12. Because I think before the Hopkins deal, I think I had him ranked eighth at tight end. So I was really hype on him. He was so good last year, so efficient um, on a per-play basis. Uh, and I thought he was going to be heavily involved in this offense. Um, so I'm getting him as a backup now. Even if he is the third option in this offense, I think they're gonna. I think they might pass a little bit more. Plus, I don't know if they'll be as good. Remember, a lot of these years they've been playing from ahead, so they get the lead and then they can just grind it out. Yeah, with they, they just let they let Derrick Henry sit Derrick Henry on you. Yeah, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I mean, but they tend to exceed. Well, last year I was down on them, and they they were a lot better than I thought. Uh, Vrabel's a hell of a coach, but. I mean, he was targeted on more than 25% of his routes last year. That's so, good. Yeah, and he was very efficient as well, man. Um, big play guy. Um, so I really like the talent. But I think it's difficult to rely on him as your number one right now just because Hopkins is there. I love Traylon Burks, too. That was another guy that I was getting in a lot of early basketball drafts. So I thought he was going to have a big year as well. And I still like him. Um, you don't have to pay as high a price tag for him now. Like, I, I would have taken him in this draft, too. Uh, I'm trying to think where he went. It was probably seven. I mean, receivers go really early here. So, he went around eight. So, if he, yeah, if he would have made it back to me, I probably would have taken him. Um, actually, no, that's where I took Lawrence. I would have probably, yeah, that would have been, a, I would have probably taken Lawrence and then hope Burks made it back. Because uh, the same thing happened on that turn. I took Lawrence, and then my next pick, I wanted to be Zay Flowers, and Zay Flowers went with the next pick. Right, so there you go right there. All right, Adam Ronis, thanks for breaking that down. You know what I'm saying? That is the Beat Adam Ronis League Fantasy Football World Championship at play FFWC. Um, all right, so that's it, Ronis. Um, look forward to seeing you uh, this upcoming weekend, and um, you know what I'm saying? Let's Hopefully we can avoid Scott Angle. <laughs> uh, that probably won't happen. He'll be following us around, and... You know, wherever Dez is, oh, that's God. where you can find <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, yeah, this was a, a fun league, and uh, we'll be having more of these. So just follow me. I still call it Twitter, at Adam Ronis X, whatever. But I still can't. I have to call it's, it Twitter. It's, it'll be Twitter until it's X. So there you go right there. Right? All right, there you go. For Adam Ronis, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, uh, fantasy foes on the Cloud 10 Media Network. Yeah, I'll let you next week. Get ready for more fantasy.